This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. For those of y'all that don't know me, my name is Zach Knight. I'm the founder of ATL Vets, which is Advancing the Line for Veterans. Um, we're down here in Tampa, Advancing the Line for Veterans in Tampa. And a big piece of that, of what we're doing and able to do it, is obviously because of center clubs. I'm an invited club member. I've been a part of invited clubs for about five years now. And it's been one of the greatest points of me as a business owner and a veteran to expand into the world of business ownership. So when I started expanding right now, our organizations in Atlanta, Tampa, Virginia Beach, and Washington, D.C., as I started expanding, I wanted to reach out to other invited clubs because it's been so good to me in Atlanta. I wanted to further that and bring veterans into this space because I think this is a great space for veterans to be and learn and grow from non-veterans. I truly believe we're only as strong as our non-veteran supporters. One of the things I do when I host these events, I'm big on, in Atlanta, I call them battle brews. Battle's my for-profit side. There's always a brew, which means if you don't have a beverage, shame on you. Go ahead and get a beverage because that is an important piece of it. I um, always keep these events very fireside chat-esque, right? I want to make sure it's relaxed. We're all drinking nice beverage. I prefer bourbon. I guess we're going with wine at the table as well. I'm an army guy, so I'm going to talk a little bit of smack to everybody, pretty much, unless you're in the Marine Corps. Any Marines in here? Yeah, Marines aren't fancy enough to be here. So <laughs> as the ranking military member and being an army guy, I'm going to talk a lot about SMAC. But we don't care about Navy or Air Force. Like y'all are way smarter than us, honestly. <laughs> but I want this to be very interactive. So we're going to chat. I'm going to highlight a little bit about what Valerie's doing here in Tampa. Highlight some of the amazing impact she's making. Again, this is being recorded. So if you say something silly, I'm going to make sure that goes on TikTok and Instagram. So please do say something silly. But at the end of this, I am going to take some time to engage with y'all. And if y'all have any questions or comments with Valerie, I want to make sure that we can engage and we can find out since she is Tampa-based, what she's doing to support veterans here and how maybe she can support y'all as well. So that's the initial kickoff, but I'm going to turn over. I have some notes of all the things written. Miss Valerie Lavin, is that pronounced properly? Lavin. 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 From the South, I can't pronounce anything <laughs> properly. So it's pr pronounce like it properly. Lavin. Lavin. Like, oh, Lavin. Oh, Lavin. Uh -huh. Just no own. Just no Got own. it. Perfect. Can y'all hear me okay? Can y'all hear Valerie okay? She's like a soft-spoken one. I, I can tell her. <laughs> He's so, still getting to know me. Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny as we're getting mic'd up, Crystal's like, I don't know if she's soft-spoken. And then somebody behind her was like, <laughs> no. so this should be pretty good. But overall, obviously, you have a lot going on in business. We have a lot going on in Tampa. I want to give you an opportunity. Give us a little highlight about military branch, what you do, how long you've been in Tampa. Don't dive into the business stuff yet. Would you tell us a little bit about who you are that we might not know from beyond your bio? I retired from the Army in 2014. I got Army, right? Yeah. Let's check. Uh, I retired at a central, or I got stationed at Central Command in 2011, late 2011, after returning from Ramadi, Iraq with 3rd Infantry Division at Fort Store, Georgia. I'm in the middle of the desert and I call Branch and I'm like, where do you want to send me next? Or what's, what are your plans for me? And literally asked me where do I want to go. And at that point, I'd been in the army, I think 17 years and no one had ever asked me, where do I want to go? 
But ironically, I had just got past there for our major. First time, first look, secondary zone. And then I'm like, what am I going to do when I grow up? So I opened up a map of the United States and I want to retire in Tampa. I'd never been here, but I was just like, it looks like a great place to, to be. So I asked for Hawaii. No. How about Germany? No. And never thought that when I asked if I could get to Tampa, central command, they would say yeah. So I walked into the our major's meeting after that phone call with my pink Tupperware because he hated pink. And it's like, I'm going to central command. And that's how I got it. So central command, who's all, who else familiar with the SOCOM central command stuff here? All right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's well known. I know for me, I was a SOCOM guy, but I was never in Tampa. I actually was attached to third ID myself for a little while. So it's always interesting to see Tampa's like a heavy military arena. I didn't really know that until I started diving into where we would expand. Tampa's the first city we actually expanded to out of Atlanta. I didn't realize how like heavy veteran centric Tampa really is. And actually a big shout out to Gary. If you'll smile and wave, he came up to an event in Atlanta. He said, Hey man, you've got to do this in Tampa because this is too strong of a community. And I'm curious as, as you moved here, military side. Did you immediately find a veteran community and like hands to, or a community to jump into as you transitioned out? Or has this been something that's more of a newer, I know Tampa has been growing like crazy. Is it a more of a newer revolution that is more veteran based as you've seen it? I've seen a lot of changes in Tampa. When I first was assigned there, I was straight from the deserts to palm trees, a totally different world. But what I loved about coming to Tampa is that there, the quality of life, there's you can find something new to do every single day of the week, every month. There, there's some sort of crazy celebration. You're either in a costume or bathing suit. And I so just it's like from Ebor to Madeira. Yeah. So, kind of or, or Clearwater Beach. And I'm a super social person and I like to explore. I fell in love with Tampa as a community here uh, for the quality of life. As far as in the veteran community, I was, I went from being a first sergeant to here, they, d- they don't have a first arm position. So master sergeant running various organizations with, within the J2 when I got here. So the veteran community, I wasn't exposed to the veteran community right. because I was not a veteran yet. Right. When you are still serving active duty, what's going on inside the fence, so to speak, and outside the fence, it's totally different. It wasn't until my very last position at Central Command was the Commandant Headquarters First Sergeant. Command Sergeant Major Grippy, he said, hey, Val, and he punches me in the chest. And he said, Sergeant Major Grippy, mm-hmm. oh, you don't, okay. But anyway, he, yeah, he's a chest puncher. Yeah. But he, he said, I need you to fill in between Sergeant Majors. There's generally a Sergeant Major position. I'm like, Sergeant Major, I have retirement papers in hand. Like, you don't, there's nobody else that can do this. He said, I don't trust anybody else. And Mathone and Ellis at the time, there's nothing I wouldn't have done to to serve, right? So I took the position and it just so happened part of the time, I think it was about eight months that I filled the gap. It was during the holidays. And you know how it is in the holidays, the community wants to give, give, give to the active duty. So I was collecting candy and toys and turkeys and ham, you know, all, all these holiday things. <clears throat> and it started from Halloween through the new year. And that's when I started getting exposed to the Tampa community at large. And that gave me an opportunity to start building my network outside the fence, which was just as spectacular as all of the beach opportunities, the costume parties and the opportunities to wear your bathing suit. 
the Tampa Bay community was very welcoming from the moment that I said, hey, I'm the Com Commandant Headquarters First Sergeant. I am your point of contact for delivering turkey or bringing gifts. And it was pretty amazing. Also, during that time, I was attending, because it was part of my job, if you will, Women in Defense, uh, NDIA, which is the National Defense Industry Association, FCA, and you know, other organizations. But Women in Defense specifically, <clears throat> I would go to their uh, monthly luncheons. And what struck me the most is even though I was coming in uniform, almost everybody remembered me by my first name. Well, wow. Which the first sergeant, I'm like, oh, I'm first sergeant Ellis. But what that, how it made me feel was, how do I put it? They recognized me from me. They remember me outside of the uniform and the diamond in the, the position. And I know not many army or Marines in here, but did you do the knife hand? Do you have the That's knife hand? Master? There is oh, a regulation on the knife hand. All right. So for everybody that's not Army and Marines in here, do y'all know what the knife hand is? There's like blank stares. There's, oh man. All right. You don't point you don't in the point. military. So in you have. Army, in the Army, don't point. In the Navy, yeah. it's, oh look, there's a beach over there. And that's how they come to Tampa. Yeah. So it's funny. In the Army, it's funny, right? Yeah. Good. So, <laughs> uh, I'm heading to Virginia Beach tomorrow. It's old Navy. So I'm getting my Navy jokes warmed up. <laughs> But in the army, there's the knife in, and it's like, you have to, that's how you talk to somebody as a first sergeant. They're like terrifying, no matter their stature, they're terrifying because if they get in your face, they start knife handing you, you know, you've screwed up. <laughs> and I can just see first sergeant Ellis up here yeah. coming in knife handing people. Yeah. Um, have you found that you've had to use the knife hand in the civilian world at all out of curiosity? I dream about it. I don't do it. I joke often that I was issued a smile with my DD-214. And is it, it was a transition yeah. going from the facade of being a leader in the military to now being a business professional. That transition from combat boots and camouflage to skirt and heels is tremendous for me. I can remember going, this is so funny. I didn't know anything about dressing for a civilian job, but I knew that business casual in the military it's khakis and polos. I knew that wouldn't, wasn't appropriate. So <clears throat> Jeremy, my now husband, excuse me, was in um, the recruiting um, industry for uh, his, his whole career before I stole him from his firm. But uh, I said, sit down and just, I'm going to come out with these outfits and you tell me if they're appropriate for me to wear the tap. And he would, you know, it's like, oh, you look fine. I was like, are you sure? Is this too girly? Is it too feminine? Or is, is the skirt too short? Are the heels too high? It was probably the most nerve-wracking and intimidating thing in transition at the beginning was how to dress appropriately. And, and it's something that's kind of entertaining. I was going to say funny, but that's the wrong oh. word. And it's entertaining to see how much of a struggle that is. And I was in service from police to military for 15 years. And you're issued a uniform. Right? You never think about what you have to wear. Uh, one of the funny things that I found as we transition, even as a guy, most guys, we wake up, I don't even brush my hair in the morning, and then you just put whatever you want on. Come on, that was good too. Right? <laughs> I put the polish on, but we don't think about that piece, especially as men. It's just not as much of a concern as it is for the ladies. But one of the things that I found is that's like a common struggle. And one of the things that uh, HL Vets is founded on we're actually focused on four things. We have four pillars we focus on. The very first thing is marketing. And a lot of people these days think marketing is social media, which it is to an extent, right? We have all the 
the video, the social media, we have all that piece of it, but marketing yourself. And that's a very difficult thing. And it comes down to like, how do you dress? And I understand when I come in here, I, I saw a couple other tattoos and sleeves finally getting rolled up, right? There's a piece as a veteran, we're tattooed up and I have earrings and I look like a vet, right? There are also times where I'm in a suit and you don't want to look like a vet necessarily because you have to be a little bit more prim and proper. When you talk about that piece and, and learning how to market yourself more or market yourself in general in the military, but in half day, what would you say would be a good piece of advice for veterans out there that are transitioning to start learning how to market themselves for corporate or business or that uh, next step in their life? For me as a woman, I discovered White House Black Market, which was like the best thing. Because I was like, like, you have to explain it to the guys. I don't know yeah, it's about. a store and essentially everything's black and white. Every once in a while, they throw a color the season. But I, would love that. All she does is wear black. Yeah, I walked in there and I was like, "Wait, everything in here matches." I don't have to think about what. Yeah, I mean, it was. It really was my saving grace because I didn't have to put a lot of thought into it. But one thing I I do tell a transitioning veteran about their personal brand is to not, under any circumstance, because it's really exciting to wear civilian clothes for the first time, like every day. Um, but do not go out and buy an entire new wardrobe as soon as you transition. Because a lot of times your word wardrobe is going to be dictated by your profession, your the job you get. Um, and, and I made that mistake. I was like, oh, everything's black and white. I can match. And then um, I just happened to go work for a short time for Paul Hughesar at uh, Core Services. He'd been asking me to come work for him before I had even retired. His apologies to make I know Paul from podcasting world. Oh, yeah. He was here last time and said he yeah. was sorry he couldn't be here. Uh, he's recovering from his Iron Man. Yes. No, but in in Vetcor, it was like khaki pants and a polo shirt. And I was like, oh, I can't wear my black dress that I just <clears throat> paid way too much money for. And I had personally prepared for that. I put together, I put aside money for my transition wardrobe. But it just you're going to change. You're going to evolve. And I equate it to think about back when you were a private, a, a seaman or an airman. And as you tra- transition from rank to rank and your professional circle of who you are now in closed door meetings with, and then they expand to your personal circle, like you're constantly changing. And that's going to happen when you transition to the civilian world as well. What you are wearing at your first job it's statistically speaking, most veterans, I, the, the percentage eludes me right now, but it's very high. <clears throat> you will not stay in that first job. And then the second job might require you to wear khakis and polo. <laughs> you say, we were just talking to Tony. We were just talking about it. He said, that's more likely. He gave me a statistic I didn't realize. I've never been in the corporate world. I went from veteran or from military to entrepreneurship. Uh, but he was saying veterans are like two to three times more likely to leave their first two or three jobs before they find something they're happy. Yeah. Because it's a, such a shift. Right. Right. Day to day. Right. It's, it's just a uh, transition or learning who, and this is why I loved entrepreneurship and being exposed to it. My journeys as an entrepreneur really taught me who Valerie really was versus first sergeant. Actually, it was like hands on the hips, like my <laughs> Wonder Woman slash. Yeah. 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 <laughs> With the personal branding, I think that that is an evolution that comes over time. And it happens as you're exposed to new people, new professions, new opportunities, the different networking events that you go to. And then you figure out what your, well, I recommend trying to figure out what your niche is. Veterans have, we're, we have bleeding hearts. 
This is part of the reason why I think there should be more military founded companies because we have an inherent love for God and country. And the branding is uh, we want to give to all the causes, homelessness, unemployment, an organization that raises money because a Vietnam veteran or World War II veteran, their home is falling apart. Um, and I had to, I was just uh, running myself ragged trying to support all of these causes. And I just started to narrow it down to my niche, which is small business ownership and hel- helping uh, veterans and their families become entrepreneurs. Um, and if, if a cause doesn't touch that, then I have to respectfully decline. But Anyway, back to the branding is that my personal brand and not the way I dress, but who Valerie is, is very hyper-focused on helping to start building, grow more military founded companies. I think that's a big piece. And we're talking about like really niching down and figuring out what passion is, right? A big piece of our mission statement is actually for veterans to find a renewed mission, purpose, passion at the uniforms. For me, my transition, how many had a great transition? Let's back up. How many veterans are in the room? So we got vets. How many vets had a really terrible transition into the civilian world? But I think rel- I think terrible is relative, though. The veterans almost became a statistic. I'll put that number out there. So I'm the only one with a really bad transition. Okay. So for me... Um, well, I, think, I, I mean, I've been retired 10 years next year, and I still struggle with transition. It's tough, right? Yeah. And that's a big piece that... Finding that new purpose and passion, right? Whether that's, I know we were talking to Melvin a minute ago, he's talking about golf and, and creating something for veterans to learn how to play golf. For me, it's entrepreneurship and business as well, because I feel like it's a great way to take what our skill set was in the military, whether it's for me, I love operations side, right? I'm the weirdo for small business that writes a business plan on the weekend because it's fun. And I like writing SOPs. I, I know. <laughs> Said I know. no one ever. So no one is weird. But I find that was my specialty in mm-hmm. business. I, I Got my MBA in operations and it's, a, oh man, I can write a business plan in a weekend and I'm entertained by that. And I'm like a weirdo, but it's that one piece of like, I can really serve veterans because for a lot of vets, for a lot of people, entrepreneurs in general, it's hard to get that structured mindset. When you talk about helping small businesses, there a piece from your background that you're now moving forward that you love, like really, oh, this piece is what I'm helping the most with. So I used to, <clears throat> I am a networker. I know a lot of people. I know people within organizations and folks will always come to me. As a matter of fact, Melvin s- sent me a message today. Hey, do you know anybody in this golf tournament that I post 9-11 veterans is having a golf tournament? My nonprofit Action Zone or our nonprofit, Rosie's here, Action Zone is a sponsor. And he said, hey, do you know anybody in this organization? And I was like, yes. He said, of course you do. And I would just connect and eject. I would call myself the connecting need jack girl. You want to know somebody? I probably know somebody or know somebody that knows somebody. I want to pause you on that piece because I, this is really fascinating. When you said it earlier, I didn't mm-hmm. want to interject on it. Mm-hmm. How many people like network like crazy? How many of you have ever felt like they were broke because they kept networking? And it never <laughs> translated. The broke networker, mm-hmm. right? So when you said connect and eject, I love the shift that you put on there. And I, I'm surprised her. Jamie rundown of, hey, I want to talk about this a little bit. I'm like, oh, this is a great topic because for me, I've seen so many, especially in entrepreneurship. Hey, let me introduce you to Taylor. And then I step out and then nobody remembers like I made that happen. So I don't get any value out of it, right? Besides feeling good and potentially, hopefully something happens, but you've made a great shift. You don't connect and inject anymore. And now you've shifted a piece of what I want you to highlight, but I just wanted to see that relativity. Oh, we love networking, but then we forget the intentionality behind networking. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you've done a really good job of shifting 
So continue, yeah. please. Let me just uh, clarify one thing with the connect and eject. If I know that both parties are <clears throat> um, of character and of value, I, I do that. I'm like, yeah. and, and anybody who's gotten a connection email from me, I was like, I trust you too. We'll take it from here. Yeah. That is my, that's my closing line. But if somebody has asked me to connect them to an organization or a person, and I don't know them that well, I will contact that person ahead of time and just be like, hey, I'm about ready to uh, make an introduction. I met this person once or I've not met this person. I cannot validate or verify, right, verify. But because I, I'm a visionary and I see connections and dots that other people don't see, which is what makes me um, my networking valuable. <clears throat> I was like, I see some value here. You make the decision because at the end of the day, I've known Bill for a long time. I may not know all the intricacies. What's the word, Rosie? Intricacies. Rosie's my grammar police. She's my dictionary. She's my I love Bruce. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, about what's going on with him. So he would be able to have a better assessment of if that connection, even though I I think I see it, he will. So I don't want to, I don't want to rob those connections. So that's how I do it. But what I know after I've been in the entrepreneurship education space since 2015, both locally and nationally, that I have more value to growing companies than just the connect and eject girl, right? I'm starting to, to take more purposeful positions in companies, whether it's board advisor or as a consultant, because I'm like, if I can bring more to you than connection, I can actually help you scale and uh, grow your business. And but I only do that with businesses that where the end state is to exit. Just because if it's if it's not a company that's the end state is to exit, then they get Valerie from Action Zone, right. which is different than Valerie Lavin, the business person. Right. <laughs> and, and I love that shift. And it, it's an interesting piece because it, normally you don't start with I'm the consultant that can bring all this value. There's generally years of that nobody really sees. And then all of a sudden you're an expert and you're like, no, I have spent 20 years doing this piece of it to grow the expertise. And obviously part of that expertise is off to my right here. And I want to talk about it a little bit. And y'all make sure as y'all take photos, if y'all want to grab a photo with Valerie, do it in front of the logo, like the marketing piece, right? There's a big piece of that we share on social media and we post things, make sure that the content's there for the company because it's one of our big pieces that she's highlighting here. But at Luminary, obviously you're working on different things with emergency products, public safety. That's the, the first one. We have, let's just say she's a busy lady. We have a couple others we're going to talk about as well, but can you give us a rundown of, of Luminary and what you're doing in yeah. that company? Yeah. So we saw emergency and trauma kits, military tactical gear and prepper items. And while we touch the direct consumer space, B2B and B2G, business to business and business to, to government, our true niche uh, it, are the uh, peak card holders at different agencies. So firefighters, law enforcement, different municipalities, that is the sweet spot um, that we've been able to, to hit. And that is largely because my husband, Jeremy, has a significant experience prior to us meeting in government contracting and proposal writing. So he can get a grant that a small fire station or county has received. And it happens all the time. Hey, Jeremy, we just got a $2,500 dollar grip. What can we get off of our wish list? Here's what we can spend the money on. That's just a, a value added that our company has because of, of Jeremy's experience. We 
do commercial off the shelf cuts, um, products, but we also customize and we do customization from the guts of the kits, as I call it. And so uh, our most recent customer, Prince William County, Virginia Fire Department, they wanted to outfit all of their stations with EMT bags. But believe it or not, unlike the military, a lot of these organizations, they're not standardized. Mm -hmm. So they needed help with standardization. So we can go in and help them standardize their kits. We allow them to do RDT&E and figure that out. But then we also customize from like the vision. And I have one of the bags that I personally designed myself for Pasco Sheriff's Department. They wanted something that in Pasco County is local here, but the purchasing is still stuck in But anyway, we won't go there. Um, They wanted a a kit that fit in their cargo pocket and on their angel armor. And my experience, I was like, when you're in the thick of shit, you're on the battlefield. We we all have those um, emergency kits, the first aid kit, where you got to pull everything out to get what we want. So I designed it with a quick release. The strap has all of the items. We worked with the agency doc to be like, okay, what do you train? How do you train them? What are the, the supplies? And they just go down the strap and they pull it. And what this does, it's multifaceted. When they pull it out, everything is right there. It's not all over the the battlefield, so to speak. Yeah. And then they just go down one, two, three, four. And then that also eliminates human error because no matter how well we're trained, sometimes we are human and we're going to err. Those are like fun things that we do. Did I answer a question? You did. No, you nailed it. And then you took it a step further. One of the newer projects you have is called Vitech. Yeah. Which is a similar organization, but it's a little bit more customly curated yeah. or we'll say the adventurer, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but more of that higher level individual that needs something that's a med kit, but isn't necessarily I'm going to go patch somebody else up. So yeah. you extended it a little bit further. Tell us a little bit about Vitek. So um, Vitek came out of nowhere. It was completely unexpected. And Justin McAllister is an Actions and alumni. He's also an Army Green Beret retired Green Beret. And he randomly sent me a text and he said, I don't know if he wants me to put this on live social media. Sorry, Justin. I haven't signed anything yet. No, in the, <laughs> yeah. in the end, he said, if you're ever looking to sell or take on a partner with Luminary, keep me on the short list. I was like, hmm, that's curious. So anyway, we met and the, the conversation evolved and brought in Jeremy and Jeremy thought about it and Justin said, I'd like to bring in some other partners So we all met and we all just clicked immediately. So the purpose of Vitek is, and I, I didn't know this because I was not a Green Beret, even though I was a very scary first sergeant. Uh, <laughs> there is a, a term that Green Berets use called safety third. And we all do this. For example, I went to Costa Rica once, went uh, whitewater rafting. As we're walking to the place to get into the raft, we see alligators in the river that we're going to be rafting in. And there are signs and they're like, this, if you're going to turn around, this is the point in which you turn around. And we're, I was like. As they're crawling on the shore. Step over that one. Don't worry about that one. I was like. Bobbing and just thought This is one of the things that I wanted to do. And I'm still going to whitewater raft. I don't care about those alligators. They're, they bite me and I don't know. They'll die. So we do these activities knowing that there is an inherent risk. But we're, we go in prepared, right? Where Luminary, uh, our, our B2C market, our direct-to-consumer market, they are the ones that want to be prepared before they think about the adventure, right? Where Vitek, 
we, our customers are the adventurous that are like, okay, I know I have to be prepared, but I'm still going to do it anyway. Okay? Safety third. The other three partners, all Green Berets, uh, all of our kits are especially curated for very specific adventurous type activities by a Green Beret medic who recently, I think it was last year, was identified as the Green Beret medic of the year or Army medic of the year. I can't remember. But anyway, that's the difference between Luminary and, and Vitac. And I have to say a piece on that. I deployed the Green Berets in 2019, spent time with the medics attached to it. To have that level of expertise attached to a product that's consumer purchasable mm-hmm. is huge. So I, I think that's a really fascinating piece to highlight. Yeah. Um, that this isn't just something that's low key. This is, hey, you'll actually be yeah. able to do essentially a field stitch, right? All of a sudden, yeah. you're a doctor. Um, and- well, with Luminary, we always say you, you shouldn't have to be a professional to have good quality emergency supplies on hand. We're, we're not selling the boo-boo kits that you can get from Walmart or Target, which there, there's people who want the because they're cute and they're symmetrical. Luminary products are very high quality. Um, but Vitec takes it a, just a step further um, for those extremists, essentially. And the fact our medic is on the committee for the TCCC card. Yeah, yeah lots of expertise going into every single, not just the bag itself and the functionality of the bags, making sure that it's easy to get into, but every single thing from the liquid skin to the shears. I love that. And mm-hmm. the, the last piece that we want to highlight is something that's kind of the, the passion piece for me. As I was transitioning, uh, we've both been a part of an organization I won't mention because I don't want to badmouth any other veteran organizations. We were both part of an organization. The Atlanta branch was not nearly as robust, if you will, as the Tampa branch. Your experience was different than mine. It seemed a little bit more enjoyable for you. Well, partly because of my battle buddy over there, Bill. So <laughs> that was a piece of it. So when I transitioned out, I wanted to, I already had a side hustle. I actually, I've been offered about eight figures for the side hustle. Uh, turned it down for altruistic reasons, but wanted to figure out how do I make that bigger and better. And my biggest struggle was finding a veteran entrepreneurship community um, in Atlanta. Couldn't find it. Um, therefore, I started ATL Vets, which is a Vetsail line for veterans, with a play on branding and marketing being ATL Atlanta, because we're based in Atlanta. So there's a little bit of a play there, but I wanted to find Essentially, it was a mission to turn stones over, turn over rocks. Where are the veteran entrepreneurs across the country? Because I think vets make some of the best business owners. Different mindset. We love teamwork. We love collaboration. There's just a a shining light there that I see in veterans to be entrepreneurs. And it shifts to turning over a rock, getting an introduction. And all of a sudden, we're talking about a local Tampa organization that essentially does that here locally in Tampa. And it's called Action Zone. And we have the brains behind Action Zone yes, over here. The, the dictionary that the summer ends. Um, but Action Zone here is really focused on veterans and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've really driven hard with my organization is to find we can't be everywhere at the same time, right? We come down to Tampa every couple months. We want to be engaged here, but then we need community partners. And that led to a very beautiful thing that you are working on that I want to highlight for to locals here in the room. Is anybody not local in the room? It's pretty much just us two, right? So everybody here can use this resource or knows a veteran that could use this resource. Tell us a little bit about Action Zone. So we're an entrepreneur service organization and we help veterans um, and their family members, military spouses and, and adult children dependents start building, grow their own businesses. And it can be everything from 
ideation, like the butterflies in their stomach. They're not really sure what they want to do if they have an idea at all, or they don't want to tell you their idea. They're afraid you're going to steal it. To entrepreneur, yeah, yeah. and that's part of the point or part of the reason why we started Action Zone or entrepreneurship through acquisition. We've helped uh, from the gamut, from zero dollars, not even an LLC, to already generating multi million dollars, or have been in business for twenty years and they're still what I call reference living paycheck to paycheck, uh, generating any revenue. Um, The whole intent with Action Zone was to create an organization that could be as agile and nimble and move as fast as entrepreneurs. Mm. Uh, Rosie and I got our start um, in the space of entrepreneurship education and a local community college. It was doing amazing things, but because of the bureaucracy and the red tape and tenure professors of academia, we we just couldn't, we were, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stonewalled by all these. No, we we just were not trapped, but we just couldn't move fast enough to support the entrepreneur because again we all know that small, small business owners in here like you you have to move 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 rosie we came in the office one day and she said why don't we start a nonprofit?" and i like let's do it and i think she was startled i, I think she was expecting me to say what the hell are you thinking but i'm a 150 mile an hour kind of person and I, i'm the type that will sew the parachute on the way down. And so, so we did, we formed. Jumping out of a perfectly good plane in the first place. You know, uh, I never understood that, but now your parachute has holding <laughs> it in, you're sewing it up as you go. So <laughs> we formed in May of 2018 and we got our first grant in June of 2018. So when I say choking from the fire hose, we were choking from the fire hose. Yeah. But that's the success of um, Action Zone is that we were founded by all veteran and military self entrepreneurs. And in order to be a facilitator, you have to be an entrepreneur. So Rosie and I are the original co-founders. We reached out to two other veteran entrepreneurs that we knew, George Zorko and Donnie Nunberger. And yeah, we just did it. And it it was hard, but it was amazing. And five and a half years later, we've helped launch over 200 businesses and they're reporting over 18 million in earned revenue. And there's other numbers in there, but those are the only two numbers that I remember. <laughs> Rosie can tell you everything else. But Action Zone, the intent is to be a safe place for veterans to explore entrepreneurship, like as not a dirty word or something for them to be laughed at, and learn how to fail safely. And because I, I try to explain this to to people all the time in the military, failure is not an option because failure literally can lead to death. And we are so afraid of military members to fail for very various reasons, but ultimately it's because somebody on the battlefield could die. In entrepreneurship, fail forward, fail fast, it's encouraged. And it took me a very long time to wrap my head around that. As a matter of fact, my first company was a veteran talent acquisition. I like to say talent acquisition because it sounds fancier than staffing or recruiting company. And it failed miserably. And it took me a very long time to admit that it failed because I was like, in my head, I knew it failed, but having the courage and being comfortable with actually saying it, totally different. It totally is. Different. It is. And I think that's a beautiful part of the journey. And as we travel the country, like a big piece of our mission with ATL Vets is uncovering these types of stories. I love this piece of it because at the end of the day, there's something so much bigger than all of us, bigger than the veteran, but also veterans. We have such a great connection with each other 
But what we also realize is we need the non-veterans, right? As we transition out, we need the non-veteran community as our support system. Because when we jump out into this scary world of things, we need to start integrating into what is entrepreneurship? What is a business club? There's so many vets that come here that have no idea. Oh, I didn't know there was something like this that existed. But then also we don't feel comfortable here necessarily. So a big piece of this is like, how do we turn over the rocks if veterans are making an impact, but also bring them into this world where we can co-work in a way that makes sense for veterans to learn and grow and find mentors, essentially. And as we do all of this and we start turning these rocks over, big piece I always ask, because there's so much more, I'm, I'm sure you're the type that put thought into this, but I'm always curious, the legacy. There's a legacy of joining the military, the service, the piece that we always work on. What's the legacy you want to leave on Tampa and the world with everything you're working on? I think it, it just at the end of the day, it's just if somebody wanted to explore entrepreneurship, uh, I was able to help guide them down the path, not walk them down the path, but just say, this is not, you are not the first veteran that's ever thought about starting your own business. My father, he, to, to make a long story short, because I, I might get emotional, he is an entrepreneur, a lifelong entrepreneur. And he actually had a bar in Vietnam. That was one of his business ventures. And then when he finally stopped going back to Vietnam, both as a soldier and a contractor, and he had a pet store in Alexandria. And moved, we moved to Missouri and Alexandria, Virginia. And then we moved to Missouri and he had a septic tank business. And then from there, he had a truck, trucking brokerage business. And I remember him saying to me, I was probably still in my 20s, very early in my army career, that the one thing he had not in his mind been successful at was to be a small business owner. And I think that had he had a community of other veterans that were also business owners, he would have realized that he was very successful. Even though the businesses changed over the year and it had a lot to do with just the capital or just the lo location, the environment that, that we lived. But some of the biggest company names that we know, FedEx, Siri, they're, they were founded by, um, entrepreneurs. And, um, it is said that the statistics are nearly 50% of, uh, veterans when they left the military started their own business, had some sort of small business owner or a small business. And now it's under 4%. And I think it's about 3.5, Rosie, 3.5% of veterans that are military founding businesses throughout the country. And I, that burdens me because I feel like the back, this country was built on the back of entrepreneurs and it is the entrepreneur that it's not the politicians. And I'm not saying this in a political term. Even though it's associated with a politician, it is the entrepreneur that will continue to make this country great. It, and I, I think that if we are able to help military founded entrepreneurs or we are able to grow more military founded entrepreneurs, um, our economy will um, improve, our communities will improve. Um, a lot of these social issues that is plaguing um, our country right now will be resolved because the military is the most diverse community. It, a subset of, of our society. And if Bill's a white guy and Valerie is an Asian girl and I don't know your name, black female, if other veterans can see us being successful as a diverse community, 
then I just really think that a lot of the social issues will be diminished. And like I said before, veterans tend to have an inherent love for God and country. And that means starting with building our community. We hire um, other veterans, which will help with uh, veteran unemployment, which when you have veteran unemployment, hopefully that eliminates veteran suicide. Giving back to our community, our education systems and our all public service, all the things. I just think that, yeah, I, I think that entrepreneurship is possibly the foundation of the success in all of those areas. I love that. And I absolutely agree with that piece of Hence why we're doing what we're doing. I'm, I'm going to ask her this in a second, but I'm going to throw my ask out. This is a part of the community that we're trying to grow, right? That means we rely on y'all. When we hold these events with the grace of the boss lady, we will be back here multiple any times to highlight other local veterans, highlight what the veteran community is doing here in Tampa. A big piece for us is we need those introductions. We need those connections. My ask is to not leave here without introducing yourselves to each other. Coming up to Taylor and I, my better half, Taylor, please give her a round of applause because she, <laughs> if y'all knew the nonsense she put up with when uh, dragging her across the country doing events like this, uh, we have an event here. We have an event tomorrow night in Virginia Beach. Then uh, if y'all know General Petraeus, we're hosting him this coming Monday in Atlanta um, for three events all on the same day. And she's my wing woman attached to all the things, uh, my battle buddy, if you will. Um, but th this is a huge endeavor where we really want to uncover this. And I know everybody in this room knows a veteran, either you're related to a veteran, we are friends with a veteran, but we want to build this to be more and more so we can highlight amazing missions like this happening in the local community. So I have to ask, you have a room of people, you have so much happening. Mm -hmm. What can this room do to support you? What introductions could you use right now? How can we just overall further your reach in Tampa? Well, buy a kit. Buy a kit. <laughs> because Luminary Vitech fills my bank account. Action Zone fills my cup. If we need to start like <laughs> stabbing people, like we need to not kit. I know. But she's yeah. Italian. Watch out. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm, I'm quite amazed at how many people don't have a basic first aid kit. It, it, it really um, blows my mind. We uh, give classes at uh, um, Habitat for Humanity and Hurricane Preparedness. And I always have an EMT come in and, and teach how to use a tourniquet because ultimately that's the number one thing you should have. But uh, aside from that, Action Zone, we do have a couple of cohorts coming up. Uh, we have a virtual one in um, February and then an in-person one in March that starts. Uh, but if you want to get involved with helping uh, either Luminary, Vitec, or, or Action Zone, introductions to purchasers, but also introductions to potential funders, and subject matter experts, we're on the verge of launching uh, what we call the Zone. It's an asynchronous online platform where founders can go in and put their information and subject matter experts and men mentees can also get on the platform. And there's many reasons for that, um, mostly so that we can expand outside of, well, I should say mostly, one of the reasons that we can expand outside the Tampa Bay area could we do serve the entire state of Florida. But we get um, contacted by uh, veterans across the country. Is Action Zone in Phoenix? Is Action Zone in Cincinnati? St. Louis? You name it. And we've been able to accommodate onesies and twosies if they're like personal friends of ours. But at the end of the day, when you have 30, 35 people in a cohort, it's hard to take the onesies and twosies from uh, across the country. But on there, 
it, they'll be able to access some of our programming and then mentorship and subject matter experts. So you as somebody who um, is an expert in business, writing business plans can go in and look at a company's uh, tile and just be like, oh, I'm an expert in business uh, plan writing and I see in their business model canvas or their business plan, I, I can help them. Um, because I have tried to build, grow, and, and maintain mentorship programs. And it's a beast. It's miserable. And a lot of times it has to do because it's confined to operating hours, right? So this um, platform allows the mentee to be like, oh, Zach is an expert in business model or business plan writing. I'm going to get on his calendar. Or you are like, oh, Jennifer, I can help you expand your education your school to a different state, you're going to make an appointment with her. And it takes us as the action zone, as the owner, out of the equation. We will be able to monitor and we, we want feedback to see if it's working because she gets to rate you as a mentor, which I think is amazing. That doesn't always happen. And you get to rate her as a founder. Like she stood you up three times. That's when first started in salary. Well, they Jennifer brought them you stood Zach up. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Dollars are, never short. I mean, never a reason not to. Uh, short. Yeah, they're not short. Their dollars are always short for nonprofits and subject matters experts and mentees. And then facilitators. In order to be a facilitator for Action Zone, you have to be an entrepreneur. Military service is not a concern in that regard, although we appreciate that because the, the familiarity, but you just not to take anything away from public education, having an MBA or PhD in entrepreneurship, what, whatever it is, but it's the scars and the black eyes and the lawyers on retainers. My lawyer here, because he, he needs to He gets paid a lot of money. That those are the true lessons that you take forward in, in teaching entrepreneurship. And as somebody, we have a virtual platform where each city we're building has that piece of it. So we're creating hubs of contacts. So we have an online community that has Tampa. We have, we're trying to build that out. DC, Virginia Beach. The online platform is a great idea, but oh my gosh, if you've never built it, I'm not Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know how the hell he did it, but it's a beautiful thing. So the fact that you're explaining like that, I think is truly amazing. And as we wind down, y'all, I know Crystal's going to kick us out here in the next probably two more refills, maybe three, but. I do really encourage, I want to give us enough time for y'all to chit chat a little bit with Valerie, make it, make sure everybody's able to connect. Um, and then of course, get refills because that's what keeps us going at the end of the night. Crystal said, yes, that's what was going. But overall, make sure y'all connect with her tonight before y'all leave, get some information, share what we're doing here at the Center Club and how much we want to build the veteran entrepreneurship space. And then how you have such an amazing local resource that it's probably being underutilized in a lot of ways. So I really encourage y'all spread that. But if we can, for Miss Crystal and Ms. Valerie, please give her them both a rental applause. Sure. Thank y'all for being here. I appreciate y'all. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.